With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, everybody. It's uh, May 26, 2018. We got a lesson plan tonight uh, talking about Mark of the Beast. And you can click on in the uh, chat grabber. Uh, well, on the chat board for now, but later on in the chat grabber, there's a link right there, and you'll be able to hit that up later while you're listening to this. Uh, you go to chatgrabber.com and look up episode, um, well, it says 125A. I was supposed to change that to 126, but uh, it'll be one of those two. And then uh, the call ID number is 134084. So on the left-hand column at redressfordummies.org, there's a study guide, and all the months are listed since I opened up that website. And if you click on today's month, May, uh, and today's date, you'll see the lesson plan. And there's five pages there that I just posted about five minutes ago, and you can follow along. And uh, the link, I'll I'll be posting it uh, throughout the night in in the chat. Um, I'm going to ask, this is kind of a lengthy lesson, and I'm going to let the guys take it and, and roll with it. I'm going to ask everybody to hold your questions until the, the lesson is over. And until JC and Shaman, uh, Shaman's going to be doing most of it, I, I imagine. Um, but yeah, until they ask for, for questions, I'd appreciate it if you guys just, you know, sat still, listened, enjoyed the, enjoyed the, the teaching, and, and then uh, we'll go with questions. And I know um, there's a man that had an issue in Kansas that we talked to recently who's got some questions. And uh, if you're on here tonight, um, go ahead and you know ask those questions after we handle the bulk of, of the uh, questions about this particular subject. But um, with that, I appreciate uh, JC and Shaman being with us, uh, giving us some substance to, to talk about, some some fat to chew on, things to hold us over from week to week. It's nice to be back on the on the radio or whatever you want to call us, and to hang out with you guys. And uh, it's you know trying to unify everybody together, pull everybody you know back in because uh, everything got separated and you know, everybody went their own direction and. You know, some people were following one guy and another guy. There's no reason why we can't just all get along. So um, there's a, a donation button on my website, and it's in the top left. And uh, whatever donations come in through that donation button are going to J.C. and Sherman. And if you wish to send me anything personally, you can send that to uh, my P.O. box. My address is my contact information is at the very bottom of every every web page. And um, something I did back in the nineties, I I was I was having a hard time with money and uh, tithing. I didn't know where my money was going, and I didn't know how 
yeah, I, I never felt comfortable with that, and I decided to tithe my time. And so back then, I um, hey, could you mute yourself out? I uh, was making uh, star six, by the way. If you're not talking, just hit star six and mute your phone out. Star eight to raise your hand later for questions. So in the 90s, I started tithing my time. So I told my pastor, you know, here's, you know, I worked 50 hours this week, so put me down for five hours. And he never did it, so I had to keep a log of my own time. And when he needed something done someplace, either you know, a wall moved in the church or helped somebody you know, with a roof or a deck or something, he would just, you know, call me up and say, hey, can you help this, you know, you've got three guys going to help somebody, would you go? And, you know, so that's, that's what I did is I, I just gave my time. I tithed my time. And so that's what I do with my website. That's what I do with this, uh, with this call and answering questions during the week whenever I have a chance. That's, that's, you know, what I consider to be my ministry. And, uh, Jay, JC and, uh, Shaman are with us now and, and we're going to talk a lot more about, um, those kinds of things, but just thought you guys ought to know where I, where I stood on all that. Um, JC, Shaman, I don't know who, who wants to go first, but it's all yours, man. JC, if you want to say hi first, because once I get going, I'll just be going. Hello, everybody. Thanks for coming out and being here with us tonight. Um, this Saturday night, you could be out doing other things, but, you know, you're here with us. We appreciate it, and happy Memorial Day. And I'll let the shaman take it over. What's up, everybody? Um, <clears throat> thanks for being here. Thanks for coming out, hanging, just like JC said. We appreciate it. Um, tonight, <clears throat> I'm going to be talking about some things I've actually been dealing with kind of all week. And um, I'll try to move fast. It does seem lengthy, but it, it kind of couples in. You know, we try to couple each show with the last show so that it's a continual thought and uh, it's like a building block and a building process. So these are just some things that are on my mind. And, and first, I wish to express these are my views. Um, JC doesn't necessarily agree with me on everything, nor would anybody. So um, this is just based on a lot of research I've done that makes sense. And um, I think it's going to clear some things up or at least give people a different way of, of thinking about some issues. Um, the Mark of the Beast. <clears throat> this is a very sensational uh, study, a sensational issue. There's thousands of books written on it, movies, left-behind series, conjecture. Uh, even the mainstream secular people kind of get on that ride, you know, and everybody's all twisted up about it. And it's, is it a barcode? Is it an RIDIF chip? Uh, you know, are they going to tattoo us? Well, you know, what's what's the uh, the plan? Like, what do they plan to do? And I just, you know, I've been thinking about how this ties into the law that we're talking about, and how uh, the kingdoms come in, and all these different variables, and how really. Some people may think, well, how does this Bible stuff really have anything to do with the law? I mean, how does this help me with a ticket? How does this help me with an IRS issue? How does this help me with anything? Well, I'm going to explain that. Um, it absolutely does, and it does even from the other side's perspective. Uh, if you didn't catch last week's show, last week's show or last Saturday's show was uh, talking about the different kingdoms, how Black's Law. 
Webster's 1828 on a bridge defined church and how it literally looked at it as a separate form of government, uh, definitively different um, than any other government on the earth. And it's absolutely recognized, has ambassadors and and everything. So uh, with that, I just want to say a quick prayer. Thanks to God, uh, Yahweh, and Yeshua's son for letting us hang together. And um, I really hope that this helps us all get closer to him and get closer to the truth so that we can start making a difference in this world and make it a little better than when we found it. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. And I'm going to start. <clears throat> I've got a really good buddy I love dearly that him and I have this debate, you know, at least once or twice a week about whether uh, – Jesus is God. And so this that that actually comes up quite a bit. There's been a couple of other people this week that I've actually been debating. And I'd like to show everybody how this ties into the mark of the beast because there's also another mark or seal that I'm not sure a lot of people think about that's also equally important in the end days and it's going to affect everybody dramatically because everybody gets sealed. One way or another, everybody gets branded. Um, every one of us. There's no escaping it. So I'll try to move pretty quick without trying to uh, miss the point. So I want to start in Genesis. If anybody's got that uh, the paperwork, <clears throat> Genesis 1 says, God said, God made, God created. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth swarmed without void. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Uh, and God called the light of the day and the darkness the night. And in verse 6, it says, God said, let there be the firmament from the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. That's for all you flat earthers. Uh, and, it says, and in verse 8, it says, and God called the firmament of heaven. He called. He said. He spoke. Um, so we know it's with uh, a sound wave or audible it's by your voice right that's even law by your vocal cords the viva voce so the word god was speaking the word right and in verse 26 chapter 1 i like these little nuggets in here man it says and god said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish and the sea and the fowl of the air and over the cattle and everything. And then it says, and God created man in his image. Okay, in the image of God, he created him. It didn't say persons. It says man. But it also said in verse 26, let us. Let us go and create. So keep that in your head. And uh, we'll flip over to chapter 3 real quick, verse 22. The Lord said, Behold, man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And it's, and now, at least he put forth his hand, take also the tree of life, eat and live forever. This is where he's starting you know, to get upset. And then uh, over in uh, chapter 6, he says, you know, now he's getting upset with him. He says, We're gonna, I'm going to destroy man that I've created. So there you have the word create again. 
so we know that God's a creator. That's kind of the point I'm getting to. And in Genesis 11:7, it says, "Let us go down and confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech." There you have Babel. It's a static speech. It's just Babel. Blah 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 blah. So he confounded their speech. But there you have the "let us go down." Somebody's got a lot of noise going. Um, so you got us again. He's he's talking us, and that's pretty interesting for the Creator to be using the word us to create or to destroy and in exodus 20 it says and god spake all these words and and saying um now it's interesting to me that god is willing to give his words okay he he gives his word freely at all times to us okay but he says in exodus chapter 20 uh in verse 20 of uh, book 33 says that thou cannot see my face face for no man can see me and live so he's he's saying that no man can see god you cannot see the creator's face as a matter of fact he took no uh moses put him in the cleft of a rock he put his hand over top of him so he could not see him he moves past him then he removed his hand and Moses could see the back of God's head and body as he walked away. But then, if you drop back to verses 10 through 14, the people were seeing God as a cloudy pillar, and they worshipped him. But it says, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man sitteth with it, as speaketh with his friend. So now he just got through saying, hey. You're not going to be able to see my face. Not even you, Moses. You rock, but you can't even see my face. But then he turns right around and says, he's talking to him face to face, as you would talk to a friend. Um, these are all little nuggets that I'm going to tie together here in just a few minutes. So he says, Lord says, and in my presence shall you go, and I will give you rest. Um, that's my presence as a proper noun. That's the capitalized M in the book. Um, all these things seem a little ambiguous right now, but I'm getting somewhere. I'm going to flash for, uh, forward up to uh, John 1, uh, chapter 5, verses 12 through 17. But I'm going to skip around a little bit. You are my friends if you do what I command. This is my command that you love one another and dropping back to Genesis 26 4 5 it says that because Abraham obeyed kept his charge my commandments my statutes and my laws that he for he showed grace to Abraham what I'm trying to show you guys and maybe you already know it maybe you don't through this whole thing, God is saying, look, I'm in another dimension. I'm too powerful. I'm too holy. You can't stand in my presence and make it. There's no way you could survive seeing my face. It's just too holy. But yet, he's face to face with Abraham. He came as Melchizedek. Um, when he came with the two angels to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham started debating him, hey, if there's ten righteous, will you spare the city? If there's 
five righteous will you spare the city? He was literally talking to the creator face to face. So um, right there you see that there's some physical attribute or some physical personification of the creator that could, you know, kind of sit face to face with these people and they don't get destroyed. As a matter of fact, it brings them great joy and, you know, they're not afraid of them. Um, it's pretty pretty interesting how that's working. So now you have the us, you have the face-to-face, and then you have all these things, these attributes that are going on. So I'm going to go ahead and put forth that the us is the Trinity. I mean, right there you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit right in the first chapter of Genesis. And and all the way throughout the Old Testament, as we're going to see, how important it is to recognize that Christ is God in the flesh because think about it. If if Christ is who he says he is, he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the word of God. So if, if he's the word, that means it's the law. We're back where last week's lesson kind of took us, right? I'm, I'm really trying to get this home. The law of God is his word. And that he gives to everybody. Like nobody has any hard time whatsoever interacting with the word. And it absolutely, 100%, is God. So, <clears throat> I want to jump into the, to the seal now, or to the mark of the beast, laying the foundation of who Christ is. In Revelation chapter 7, verses 3, it says, now, now, God's speaking to his angels, and he says, hey, hurt not the earth, or the, actually the angels are talking to the other angels, excuse me, on behalf of God. He says, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God, now listen, in their foreheads. Okay, now, everybody's pretty pretty familiar um, with... Uh, Satan's little deal, right? In Revelations 13, 16, and 17, it says, He causeth all, both great, small, rich, poor, free, bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And verse 17 says that no man may buy or sell, save he that had the mark, the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And then in 13, 18, it says, Let here. Is wisdom. Let us have understanding and count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Um, so we have two marks, two different seals going on, and I hardly ever hear preachers talk about that. Uh, movies hardly ever talk about the fact that God seals his people too. Everybody is branded because whether we like it or not, we're all servants. We're either servants of the king of heaven or we're servants to Satan through the kingdoms of the earth. And that ties back into last week's lesson about how the different kingdoms um, just are really coming from, I mean, some people would say the Vatican, but who controls the Vatican? I mean, there's got to be somebody in the hierarchy calling all the shots for the for the other side that's not God's 
in Isaiah 8.16, it says, Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples, seal in the law. So we know the law is in something, and it's a seal. It's like a, you know you have the seal of the president of the United States, the seal of the great state of Can or country of Canada, and so forth. These things have titles, their territory, their jurisdictions, you know. <clears throat> so that we know that there's a seal. That's the main point of it. And it's and in Hebrews ten sixteen to say to the Lord, I will put my laws into their heads, and in their minds will I write them. And it shall and in Exodus thirteen nine, for it shall be a sign unto thee upon thy hand, and for a memorial, which is a a covenant basically, or an, you know, a swearing of truth between thy between thine eyes, that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. Now here we go. Now we now we're starting to get somewhere with what this seal is and how powerful it is. He just said he's going to put it between right between your eyes. Upon your hand and in your mouth. Okay. Let's think about Matthew ten nineteen when he says, But when they deliver you, and take no thought of what ye shall speak, for it shall be given unto you that hour what ye shall speak. Now we've got a a guy last night we talked to, we've got another gentleman that's on the phone, I'm sure, or on this call that we're talking to about a couple of cases they're going through. And when you're going through, especially at a federal level, <clears throat> you're getting all this fear and trepidation and anxiety and just, you know, all of us have heard codes and statutes and rules and procedures and what if they ask this, what if they ask that, and oh, man, I don't know, I don't know, uh, what, what can I study so I can know how to answer this if they ask this and they ask that, okay? And we just get off on all these rabbit trails, and everybody starts, man, there's no way you could sit and possibly think of everything a judge might ask you or everything a prosecutor's going to ask you or everything an IRS agent's going to ask you or a cop's going to ask. There's no way. In one of the first shows, we talked about how a bank teaches their people to recognize a true $100 bill. They teach them the real $100 bill so that they can recognize the counterfeits when they come, um, not the other way around. There's How would they possibly know? how many uh, counterfeits there could be. So when you start taking the law into your your heart, into your body, you start to be indwelt with the Holy Spirit who comes to you, who's sent there by the Father. And if, if, if it's the word, that, the law that comes into your heart, then the Holy Spirit is who comes and dwells in you, then we know Jesus is the Word, who's the law, and if God the Father sends it, then we know they're all three the same cat. They're all the same guy. They just have different persons, just like man sometimes has different persons. Sometimes man is a dad. Sometimes man is a husband. Sometimes man is a friend. Sometimes man is a boss. They all have different attributes or... Uh, not, not attributes necessarily, but things that they do differently, but you're still the same man the whole time. And you're that person and man all the time. I'm always a dad. I'm always a husband, even if they're not hanging with me. <clears throat> so I want to emphasize that and I believe that Jesus Christ is God. 
100%. I also believe he was 100% man because he had to walk a mile in our moccasins so he could truly say, hey, I understand. I understand what you guys are going through. You know, maybe we could have argued that he couldn't have done that before he came down and walked in the flesh. So think about the hand now. The hand represents what you do. It always represents some action in the Bible, like uh, by your miter, you know, by my hand, I'll make this mark, or by this hand, I'm going to do this. It pretty much predominantly means a man's actions, what he does. So in Ecclesiastes, it says, uh, chapter 9, verse 10, whoever or whatsoever thine hand findeth to do, do it with all of your might. Um, now this one, this is a great verse, especially if you couple it to last week's teaching. Romans 6.16, listen to this. Know ye not that whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are who you obey. All right, so let's put this into a modern text. If you're a U.S. citizen, are you not subject to the jurisdiction thereof? So we know subject is a servant or slave. To the jurisdiction means control. So you're in servitude, and it's voluntary, and it's through a personhood. Like you have to use a person to be able to achieve citizenship, to get on the citizenship, okay? Um, in Malachi... It, um, okay, hold on, I'm jumping just a little bit. So I just wanted to make sure we got that that down. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to skip. I'm gonna skip something, and then I can just go into this myself. Okay, I'm just going to show you some more attributes. In John 1, 1 through 3, uh, and I even went into verse 4, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything that was made. And in him life and the life was the light of men. In John 1, chapter, uh, verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. And uh, it's interesting to note that we just, on the first show, JC told you guys how to go in and open a common law action with two witnesses, right? So here you have John the Baptist, who was technically of the lineage where he was a high priest. He had two disciples with him when he came to bear witness to the fact that Yeshua was the Son of God, and that's when the dove comes down and lands on him. And they and it says they bore record just and it's they bore record of it just like uh, as in God uh, in law. And in Matthew um, 28.9, they worshipped him after. Uh, in Matthew 28, they worshipped him. 
in John chapter 10. i got to flip over there. Bear with me, guys. This is all really important. I'm going so fast. I'm losing my place. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay, now look, this is this is a really good one. Does my sheep hear my well, hold on. Believe not, but ye are not of my sheep, and I say unto you that my sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me. And I will give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out. I and my Father are one. Then it said the Jews took up stones again to stone him. And it said, Jesus answered, and many good works have I shown you from my Father. Of which of these, these good works are you stoning me? And, and uh, Jesus said, what good work would we stone not? But for blasphemy, because thou, being man, made thyself God. So Jesus Christ is either a liar, a lunatic, or he's God. Because throughout the entire New Testament, over and over and over, he told the Pharisees another time, before Abraham was, I am. Now he just, they knew exactly what it meant. There is no ambiguity in who Christ claimed to be. There is no redemption because no man is perfect, no, not one, is what the Bible teaches. If Christ had been but a mere man, it is impossible, impossible for him to be the redeemer of mankind. Um, he, took equal, he took equal power with God. He always claims to be equal, co-creator, co-everything. And here's the Godhood, us, us, us. Let us go down and confound their speech. Let us make man in our image after our likeness over and over and over again, Christ claims to be God, okay? <laughs> now he says, you have to know him, and you're, and he'll know you. And if you don't know him as who he says he is, like I can't say I know a guy named Steve if Steve's name is Jim. It's impossible. I can't say I know that guy if he's telling me something different than who he is, and he doesn't tell me everything about himself. I don't care how much he hangs around. I don't, I don't know him. And he doesn't know me because we're hiding things from one another. Something's wrong. There's a lie there. And if there's anything built on a lie, the creator is not worth worshiping. If he's a liar, there's no reason to worship him. You might as well just go to the nudie club and get shoot heroin up in your arm, whatever it is you want to do, because he wouldn't be worthy of worship. But we know he doesn't lie. He's not going to lie to us. And he's not a sociopath. He's the creator. Um, and it was created with the word. So the the whole point is Christ is the creator of all things. And that's all there is to it from a Christian perspective. Um, there's no light between them. Uh, it's very important that we recognize that. We'll go forward on. Hey, Gus. Um, it's really important that we recognize that when we start going into this seal thing. Um, and we've already talked about the uh, sealing in the, the hand and in the forehead, but that's on 
both sides of this fence. So I'm going to ask just a couple of people, not everybody, I don't want to get into a big discussion for at least another five minutes or so. Just, just a couple of people, if you would quickly and directly to the point, somebody, tell me what you think the mark of the beast might be. Just, just someone. Anybody. Let's start with the social security number. Uh, yes, I, okay. I, I have an idea. Okay, so wait. So hold on. Was, was the guy who said social security number done? Was that I'm sorry, say that again? That was me. I was just trying to get people. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't know it was you, Jason. Yeah. Okay, so hey, what up, Donaldson here? What up, right here, Donaldson? What's up? I'll give you my reply. I hold on, Donaldson. Wait, Donaldson, hold on. Jim, I think, was saying something before you. You can go right uh, after. Was that you, Jim? Okay. Yes. Okay, go ahead, Jim. What What were you going to say? Well, it, to me, the mark of the beast is the financial system or the debt money system. <laughs> okay, financial. So the so the financial system itself. Well, okay. I would say the present financial system. I uh, probably all financial okay. systems really. You're, there's another okay, god so involved here. <laughs> So mammon, so basically you're saying mammon, right? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, Donaldson, go ahead, brother. Hey, Donaldson. Yeah, sorry, uh, Donaldson's out. I uh, I've muted him twice already. He was making chicken plucking sounds a few minutes okay, ago. Okay, that was okay. that was all right. Yeah, I, I've had enough. Yeah. That's Okay, yeah, is there I mean, some is there somebody else you guys is like how immature does someone have to be to come on to a talk issue that's about you know religious purposes and religious beliefs and act so immature as to that's make the mark of the beast. sounds. Yeah, it's like literally a Bible study and he's making clucking sounds. Then he wonders why he gets muted all the time. That's great. Great. Who who's, who said Mark of the Beast? I thought heard somebody. They did. I did. Who, who was Jeff. that? It's Jeff. Okay. Yeah. I so mean, the, Jeff, it, you I think, told me something today. What did you tell me today? Uh, I was talking about the uh, the branding in that cult. And oh, okay. I, I feel I feel that you know any kind of acceptance of something like that where you know. You're, you're going to be branded in your crotch with the initials of some other, of a cult leader of any kind, <laughs> something yeah. like that, is also a mark of the beast. Okay. Anybody else wish to take a stab at it? Could the mark of the beast be what's going on around the world now? Uh, That's a little broad. Can you narrow it down for me? Uh, excuse me. It wasn't Donaldson making the clucking sounds, just so you know. I wasn't doing that, so I don't appreciate that. I was actually okay, trying to well, answer the question. All right. I don't know. Quickly. So, all right. Here's the thing. My belief of the mark of the beast is that it is the name. The name itself is actually could be the mark of the beast, because this is something that you have in your that you use when you write, write your autograph. It's in your hand. It's also Great. in your head. Also in your head, meaning who you think you are. You see. So th- th- this could be very symbolic, you know, this mark of the beast. 
Um, but a lot of people think it's a computer chip. But technically speaking, what does that computer chip uh, imply? It implies all of the, the information for the name. So it could really be the name, actually, technically. That's actually a really great uh, – yeah, that's a really great answer, Donaldson. It Thanks. is a great answer. Um, what if I told you guys – Hey, wait, 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 wait. Before we move forward, can I just express one more theory? Yeah. As long okay. as you don't if you, as long as you don't recite some stuff I told you on the phone. No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like uh so many so many people believe of like uh an RFID Donald Duck is the mark of the beast. Does somebody have something to say? Yeah, is there somebody on here that actually wants to say something that's worth something saying instead of making stupid animal noises? Floor's yours. If you got something to say. Mm, otherwise, you might just be on a fake farm somewhere. Yeah, be be a freaking man. <laughs> if you're going to say something, be a freaking man. So, anyway. <laughs> Not a gimp. Don't Not be a gimp. gimp. Don't be a duck. Is that there's uh, so many people that think and believe it's going to be some type of RFID chip or something implanted. And honestly, if you look at our culture and our society today, you could call it the cell phone. It's always in your hand. It's always before your eyes. You know, I haven't quite gotten the tasting thing down yet. But literally, if you took away somebody's cell phone... You know, a lot of people are getting on to the cryptocurrency and the iPay, like people yep. can pay through their cell phone now, and everything's, you know, digital. And so that kind of was brought up to me the other week, and I just kind of wished to express mm-hmm. it before you moved on, Solomon. Okay. Now check this out, guys. This is, I think it's just this simple. It's a little bit of all of that, right? We always talk about symptoms. All right. Those are outward expressions of something else. So if the father has a seal or a mark that he puts in the the hand and in the forehead, and we know he's not going to come down to put RFID chips on us, um, he's not going to brand our genitals, and he's not going to give us cell phones, or he's not going to give us a number. Okay? Then what if... The only thing that is written is the law, and salvation comes by knowing Christ, right? And then becoming a bond servant, that covers the finances, Jim, to our Father. When the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, you are sealed in Christ. When the Father looks at you, he doesn't even see the man. He sees his son. You are literally sealed and written in the Lamb's book of life. So the moment that you know who Jesus is, you accept who Jesus is, and you allow him to forgive you through redemption to where you admit that you're just man and that he's the creator, And then he comes in, he says, I will come into you and we will dwell with you. And the Father will send you a comforter. I go and prepare a place. You see how he's bouncing in and out of the third person? And I'll I'll, I'll 
I'll come up with a couple other verses here in a second, but do you see what's going on? Do you see how it's a choice that you make? Your pineal gland is the essence of where you are. The body is just a vessel that you use to keep you in this dimension because you vibrate, your spirit vibrates at a different frequency. So when you die, that spirit goes somewhere. It doesn't stay in this dimension in the same way, <laughs> which is exactly why we can't see the creator and we can't see the angels unless they veil themselves in man flesh, which is what Christ did. It's what angels do when they come here. Even Satan does it. So Actually, when you – when you hold on. When you yeah. choose – let me finish. When you choose, okay, to use that Social Security number, you just used a trademark, and you chose to become a dead person. And the Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons. Okay? So <clears throat> check this out. If you're dead and your trespasses in sin, you're in darkness. What did he tell to the Pharisees, the scribes, and the lawyers? How many times did he rebuke them and say, one, you lawyers, you scribes, you Pharisees, because you're, you're pounding out these rules and traditions on people. And I'm paraphrasing this, but everybody, we dealt with this last week. He said, look, you're, you're laying all this on people. And that's in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 11. And you're not even entering in yourself. Like, you know what you're doing. He says, you know, you know exactly what you're doing. Uh, for you men, you ruin all man's earth, past judgment over the love of God, and you have not done, and you likewise, you leave these things undone. Woe unto you, uh, for you're the utmost seat of the synagogues and the greens of the markets. He just goes into, he just, whoa, whoa, whoa unto you, because they're all fake. He says, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. He says, you are of your father, the devil. That's what he says. Just like... How how great is the darkness of the, of whatever idiot was just on here making dug noises in a Bible study, mocking the Holy Creator, Jesus Christ? Like, how dark is your heart? How seared is your conscience that you can get on the phone and do that in the presence of Almighty God while people are well, trying to find out who he is? If Jesus was telling the Pharisees that they were of the de the, the devil, right, who, who, were, who were the... Those people, those Pharisees, those Jewish people, who were they? Um, uh, who do they believe is their God? Is my question. If Jesus believed well, that their God was the devil, then who was it? Their God was the devil. They had forsaken. They were lawless. They had forsaken the God of the temple. That's why Christ, when he said, he said, you know, I'm leaving your house to you desolate. You forsook it. You took it, and you, you. You uh, tarnished it. You you twisted it into something that it never was. You guys sit there and read the Bible. You sit there and you're reading the Holy Word, and you're obviously twisting it. Because remember we talked about a couple weeks ago how they, when they were led captive in Babylon, they learned that, that uh, Babylonian code of admiralty, and they brought that legal code back into and incorporated it into the temple worship where they started using it monetarily, and that's when they made the coins, and they were getting rich off of the taxation of the people through the worship. So you see how mammon and the branding and the worship and all of these other idols, the calf we talked about when they got led out of Egypt and they made the central banking system. That covers Jim's stuff. 
when you're branded, that covers the tattoos or the RFID chip, all those things. It's kind of like, look, if you're hungry, you're going to go to the refrigerator and get something to eat. If you're not hungry, you're not going to go to the refrigerator and get something to eat. If you love God, okay, he says, you'll obey my commandments. That's it. How do I know? How do I know you love me? Follow my commandments. What he said. Mm, master, that's called anticipatory my, obedience. That's good tip. Ma- anticipatory master, obedience. Yeah, remember when the rich man came. Master, what must I do to go to heaven? He didn't say, well, just watch a TV preacher and he'll just tell you the Romans road and you're in. He didn't say that. He said, follow the law. Now, how many people do you say, oh, we're not under the law anymore? You tell me how you can separate the word and the law from Jesus Christ and then say that you're part of him. That's blasphemy. There's no way you can say faith without works is dead. That's what it says in the book of James. You cannot separate the holy law, okay, from Jesus because Jesus is the law. So that's why he said to the rich man, hey, oh, you've done that your whole life? Then go sell everything you own and follow me. And he went away sad. And Jesus was like, look, hey, everybody that says, Lord, Lord. I mean, guys – it's if you start putting these things together, it works in law too. Like when you're at court, when you're able to boil this down to the to the bone, and you get it in your marrow, and you know who you are. I don't care what the judge does, because you know. Hey, wait a minute. That guy said I was a porcupine. Sorry, I'm just man. That guy said I'm a duck. Sorry, I'm just man. Like, you know your father, it's written on your heart, so when the time comes, if you're faithful and you love him and you obey the law and you follow his commandments, when the time comes, you're standing before court, is he not going to pour out his spirit and speak through you? I know he did me. Now, does that mean we're not going to get persecuted? Does that mean we're not going to get pounded in the dust every once in a while? No, it doesn't. Because I'd love to tell you every time's a happy ending, but it's not. But I can tell you, I think most of the time you're going to pull it off until it gets really deep. And it's just to the point where, you know, the Bible does say at some point he gives the beast power over the, to prevail over the saints. Now, I think this has already happened. I think most of Revelation happened, and it's, it's way over. I don't even think we're going through any of this crazy left-behind stuff or any of that anymore. Um, I don't think there's anything that has to happen before the dimensional scroll peels back in the sky, and all of a sudden we're all like, uh, crap, there's Dad. He's back from vacation, and I better have been busy doing what I'm supposed to do. My emphasis tonight would be, in my opinion, the seal is nothing more than salvation. It is accepting who Christ is, what he did, the redemptive power of his blood, the fact that he is our king and we should bow only to him, that we should only serve him. We should not be serving idols like statues, statutes, other kingdoms, kings, queens. I've got a friend on this phone right now whose mother watched the freaking royal wedding thing for two days and cried. She's going through a court case, and I'm not trying to demean her, but she's got this incredibly important court case coming up that determines the rest of her family's life. You know, anyway, so this determines the rest of her life. And I don't even know that she's really studying that much. Like, you know, it's so easy. Football, uh, 
having 474 cats, um, 322 dogs, you know, all these things, one chicken and a horse. Um, having idols, okay? People have all kinds of idols. You have to get the idols out of your way and put the king where he's supposed to be sitting. And then when we go to learn the law stuff, the Holy Spirit is able to guide us and direct us because the rights we're actually looking for are our God-given sovereign rights. That came from the Creator, not from man, not from international law. They weren't granted to us by some kind of king or lord. They came from him, and they're irrevocable but by him, or you voluntarily surrender them. So really, in a sense, all the answers that were given were correct, but they really are just an outward expression of what's going on in the heart. Um, you know, the, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, full of faith, self-controlled, and gentle. Yet, when you listen, if we all were honest, um, wouldn't there be a lot of anger and strife and uh, warring, you know? Like when you're dealing with a court case, could you not approach it like a servant? Um, instead of approaching it like you've got to fight someone, which that's just what they wish for you to do, right? They want you to defend. They want you to act like a defendant. They want you to follow all these trails and symptoms and reach across the table and scream at one another. Um, but that's what we're not supposed to do. We're supposed to be at peace and know who we are, know who we are in him, so that he can teach us the law in the heart. So the mark of the beast is to not accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and as your king and let him write his law in your heart because then you're really just in darkness and you're sealed already to the other side. The only thing that brings light and seals you to the Father is the Holy Spirit. So I don't believe the mark is you know, an RFID chip the social security number, although I think those things and that it will manifest itself in an outward expression, it could take on those those forms. But really, the man who really wants to go to heaven, who really wants to serve the king um, and is willing to give his life for that, the mark of the beast can't get to him. It will cost you your physical life, but the mark of the beast can't touch you when you're like that. And that's why it says he causeth all to take the mark. It doesn't say he makes you. It's always free will. It's always voluntary. It's always a matter of the heart and your mind and your right hand by what you do, the power of your own will and your own constitution. And uh, that's where the freedom of Christ comes in, you know. And if Christ shall set you free, you're free indeed, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. If... uh, if you're taking pledges or oaths to the world system, you know, you take an oath as a lawyer, that's why look at where they're at. Attorneys, look at what Christ said about them in the Bible. Unfortunately, a lot of them mean well, I'm sure, but I'm not going to go against the word of God just because I like some of those guys. I have a lot of friends who are attorneys, and, you know, they're pretty nice guys. I don't think they really realize what we're talking about on here. Um People in the military took oaths. You know, they took an oath because they really believed in something. They wanted to serve. They wanted to help their fellow man. 
you know, just a lot of us have made mistakes in trying to do the right thing or what we perceived as the right thing that has been pounded into our head all of our lives. But really, it's just a choice. Are you going to be on the left and be a goat, or are you going to be on the right and be a sheep? Are you going to go to heaven or hell? Are you saved or lost? You know, are you worshiping God or are you worshiping Lucifer? I mean, there is no in between. You know, that's lukewarm, and God spews us all out of our mouths if we're lukewarm. So, um, anyway, that pretty much covers, I think. Uh, everything I wanted to get across tonight. The mark of the beast to me is just not being saved, and all the other things are just some outward expression of that, and that's that's all that really matters. If you get saved, nothing can touch you, even if they kill you. And uh, that's it. Anybody got any, anybody got any questions on uh, on what we've been talking about? Raise your hand if, you, if you're not able to unmute uh, by hitting star 8. Or if you want to unmute yourself and just speak up, that's star 6. I have a statement. <laughs> that's all right. Shaman and, I talked, Shaman and I talked about something a while back, and Shaman brought it up tonight again when he said, God said, you, you can't look me in the face. And I remember the Ark of the Covenant when uh, they opened it up and, it, and Indiana Jones said, don't look at it. Remember that, Sean? Shaman? I do. Yeah. yeah. Don't look at it, man. And, and everybody who looked at it, what happened? It all burned up. That's it. So the mark is our belief and, and what we do. Are you using a headset, Jeff? Or do you have pl- a computer I'm on plugged the same time? Because you're, you're looping bad. I hear it too, but it's not from me. <laughs> I think that somebody else is unmuted and they have a speaker that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that is, that's, that's, they kind of t- touch base with that a little. Um, a little bit, yeah. Because I mean, yeah, obviously you can't look at that much holiness and make it. Exactly. And you can't handle doesn't. the whole truth. <laughs> no, yeah, right. <laughs> Not the whole. And just maybe a part. Right? Uh, does maybe anybody a else part. have a yeah. question or a statement that they'd like to express? Yeah, I wanted to say something. This is Joe from Indiana. What's up, Joe? How are you guys doing? Pretty good, man. How about you? I'm good. I was just I was thinking about what you guys are saying, and and I I agree that it's. It's everything. I mean, actually, my what I believe is it's the mark of the beast is the acceptance of the birth certificate and the social security number. Now, the only thing is, is we accepted all this stuff because we had no clue really what any of this stuff is. I'm I'm almost thinking that you know, can you really can they can these people really be held responsible if they had no idea any of this is going on? And what are the consequences for somebody, say, all of us in the position that we're in? We know the truth. We know what's going on. And now we really have a choice. You know, people out there, they don't know what's going on, but we do. And we know how hard it's going to be to not be able to operate without a Social Security number and all that. And and a lot of people are going to go, oh, well, you know, you can't live without it. And so then they're making the choice. So 
I guess the point, I, I don't even know if I have really a question, but it just, it, it seems to me, obviously I'm not God, but I, you know, it would seem to me, can you really hold a bunch of people responsible, a bunch of men and women responsible that are completely unaware of this? But on the other, on the flip side, though, speaking about people like us who are aware of it, we really are on the hook now because we really have a choice because we know, we know the choice. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you did actually ask a couple of questions. Um, again, the birth certificate and social is just an outward expression. This is a hard answer, but it is what it is. You know, <clears throat> the reality is, is it's every man and woman's job, right? To, seek truth, to seek information, to try to understand the world around them, how things work, um, how why they work man. that way. Um, so if you take that, that approach ideologically, then you have to filter in, okay, does basically what you're asking, in my, from my perspective, is God going to overlook laziness? And... No, he's not, because the reality is is everybody on this phone, everybody on this computer, except for the retards that are doing the animal noises, are seeking truth, and they're seeking understanding, okay? And there's millions of people in, in this country, and probably millions and hundreds of millions of people around the world, right? Um, the Bible is very clear that Wide is the gate that leadeth unto destruction, and many there be that enter in, and narrow is the gate that leadeth unto righteousness, and few there's going to be that find it. And it's because they didn't study to show themselves approved, man. I mean, they don't, they don't hunger or thirst for righteousness. They're not, they're selfish. They want to just sit around and eat, drink beer, watch TV. They're not concerned about their neighbor. They don't care about the guy who's got one leg next door and he's pushing his wheelchair uphill. They don't go over and help them do that. They don't hold the door for each other at Walmart. Uh, I mean, they're just, everybody is very, very selfish and in, in, I, 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 me, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. I was debating a guy today. I've been debating him for a couple of days because I'm trying to get to another dude that's on there because he's incredibly smart. This guy's like, hey, just, just show me your paperwork. Just give me all your paperwork. I'm like, so just give you all my paper, everything I took years to do, you want me just to hand you in two seconds? Well, yeah. Well, I don't even know you. You know, it's like, why don't you come on the show and we'll study together and we will show it to you over time. Well, I'm not willing to do that. So you're hurting me? You're not hurting me. I'm out. I mean, I'm already, I already got, I'm already out. And yeah, it is difficult not using a social security number and not having a bank account and all those things. It, it is. It's very hard. But it can be done, and if you think about it, uh, again, I point to his Holy Church website. Those guys, they have a church set up. They have church IDs. The church has a bank account, and they do it in a way that doesn't subjugate them, okay? I don't know all the particulars of it yet. We're learning. JC and I talked about wanting to start the church, and, and in fact, we've already started it. We're just working on some of the logistical aspects of it, um, you know, and Everybody that wishes to join it, I mean, it maybe it's exclusive to some, but it's really a matter of belief. I mean, if you believe in the Creator, who He is, who Jesus is, I mean, how much that's the church. I mean, the rest of it's just loving your neighbor as yourself. I mean, there's really not that many things. I mean, obviously, you can't 
do certain things and be in a church, uh, it just doesn't work that way. You know, that's a belief like anything. So, yeah, I mean, the birth certificate is an acceptance of, again, an outward expression of what is in the heart, and in the heart is laziness, and I'm not willing to struggle or give up uh, something that's convenient because it's just too hard. And think of the parable of the three uh, three, uh, servants that he gave the talents. He gave one ten, one five, and one one. He left. He said, hey, do something with these talents while I'm gone. Well, he came back. The guy with 10 doubled his. He said, great servant. The guy with five doubled his. He said, great servant. He said, hey, you, I gave you one. What would you do? He goes, oh, I knew you were a hard master, so I tucked mine in the dirt, man. I didn't do anything. I just wanted to hold on to what I had. He took that talent and gave it to the other guys and cast the other servant out because he didn't do anything. He just didn't care. He didn't care to do anything. He was only thinking about himself. He was just going to save that one talent. So being lazy or apathetic, no, I don't believe God's ever going to overlook that. Ignorance in certain things, maybe, but not that, not on that big a scale. Um, can I ask you a question? Is this type quick? Is it question time? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's about the it? banks. The banks. Who now, is it? Oh, it's, oh, hey, what's up, everyone? It's Donaldson again. What's up, oh, guys? okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the man with many aliases. Uh, here we go. So check this out. My question is about the banks, okay? Like, aren't they state actors to a certain degree? Because of the fact, I'll tell you why I believe it. Because they are providing a function that would ordinarily be performed by like the Treasury Department of the United States or the Treasury of each state when it comes to the exchange of lawful money. So, okay, so let me finish my question. If you just give me the latitude. The state actors are acting on behalf and for the benefit of the JC, I do appreciate you. I do. Can you give me just a few more seconds to finish my sentence, if you don't mind, so you can get the fullness? Okay. Thank you. You're so kind. So, yeah, guys, it's like... Because they perform a function for the state that is ordinarily performed by the treasury, their you know ultimately their private conduct on some level could be construed as as state action. I believe. Go ahead, JC. Well, it could be construed as state action, except for the fact that they're controlling the state itself, like. Have you ever heard of the Bilderberg Group? Mm-hmm. You've heard of the Bilderberg Group. What about mm-hmm. that? Uh, what's What's that other one in in New York? The CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations. You ever heard about them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I sure have. Well, it's groups like that and people like that that control every facet and every operation that goes on within the state. But that being said, they are not state actors. They're state controllers, but they are not state actors. Well, the only reason why I brought that up was, I mean, even if they, even if that what you're saying is true, like, I oh, think no, the, there's, the, there's no even if what I'm saying is true. I mean, this is going back to Wednesday's no, show so I'm, I'm saying about it's possible. how the East India Company financed the American okay. Revolutionary War 
And then yeah. the Americans have been in debt ever since mm-hmm. the war started. Oh, I, I, you know what? Honestly, you're getting too deep for me. I'm just trying to trying to keep it simple, you know. Uh, we are keeping it simple. That's as simple as it gets. I mean, I'm not even trying to. That's history. I mean, I like that. I like that. But I wasn't in a. I was in a different direction. I mean, I hear that. I was. I was, I was really. Ref- okay. Talking well, about that it's just like the employees at the bank that he's referring to. Sorry, I'm. You're breaking up, sir. Whoever yeah. that is. It's really Brian. bad. Oh, hey, Brian. What's up, bud? Hey, I just. uh Saying, are you? I was saying, is he more or less saying that the people at the local level that work in the bank? Are you talking about those people and saying they're like state actors? Well, right, yeah, those local establishments, the the local like Wells Fargo down there in downtown on the corner. You know, those those people, those businesses, they're private actors, and they generally speaking, they're performing a function that would ordinarily be performed by the state, I believe. Yeah. Let me let me just kick in a little bit here. Federal level, right? If you go look at the uh, index of the U.S. code, it tells you what's activated in the positive law, which has force and effect in the states. If you're talking in that legal realm, right? Title 12 is banking, and Title 12 is not enacted in the positive law. So banking is private law. So the minute anything's a bank, they're acting under Title 12, which is federal. But the thing where they get you is when you go open an account, mm. you are a member of the bank. Okay? You follow that? I do, but I actually understand that I'm a member under the wing of whatever state that, of the ID that I use. It's all so federal. They, if, in other words, it's, it's no, not that's all. No, no, Dave Donaldson. Hold you on, Donaldson. Donaldson. Listen I'm to what he said. I, I know, but you just yeah. But listen, you're going on about something. He just it is not by the state. It's federal. You have a federal driver's license. You do not Every have a state driver's license. It gets into it even gets into insurance. Insurance is all commercial. Anytime you have an insurance policy, it's commerce. Any deposits you make in any bank or what? They're FDIC insured. Hey, hey Brian, at the federal level. You're kind of coming in and out. Can you kind of get? Yeah. I don't know if you're driving or not. Can you kind of get somewhere where you can? Yeah, I'm. I'm right there. That's good. Right there. Okay. What I was saying is, you know, even you go if you go open an account and you have an account and it's any kind of a deposit account, it's federally insured. Anytime you deal with federal. You're in commerce. I mean, insurance, you're in commerce. Your driver's yep. license. You go get a driver's license, what is it for? Driver's license to drive a vehicle that's a commercial license, it's a passenger. They used to call it a chauffeur's permit. Now you're now you're involved in commerce because you're carrying passengers for fare whether you charge or not. So what do you got to do? You got to insure the vehicle. Well, the vehicle has to show that it's safe, so go get it inspected. You're in commerce, commerce, commerce all the way. Yeah, that's actually interesting. Hey Brian, do you know how uh, do you know how uh, <clears throat> driver's license and insurance came about and registration? Uh, how they came about? Yeah, like I, I know how the driver's li- I know how the driver's license came about. 
I, I don't, I don't know. Basically, when the state started buying vehicles and cars and, you know, uh, you know, because the state has assets, they yeah. required all state employees to get a driver's license. There you go. And they yep. had all of the state cars registered, and then they yeah. would have, obviously, they would have them insured because it's the state. And yeah. slowly but okay. surely over time, they started pushing sure. that out for the greater sure. society. Sure, sure, so, sure. So what does GEICO stand for? Does know. anybody yeah. know what GEICO stands for, G-E-I-C-O? I know it has something to do with government because technically government the federal government employee, government, government Employee Insurance Company. Yep. That's what the GEICO stands Geico. for. They own, they own, yeah, they own GEICO. They own uh, Amtrak. All governments for the most part, for the most well, part like state governments, are all self-insured, so they have like an insurance reserve type and fund. Now, and now, if it's but right there, if a state is self-insured, what is the state? It's a commercial entity. Oh, of course. If you're saying I'm a yeah. state citizen, you're saying I'm an employee of this state. Yep. Which yeah. is just another federal employee. There you go. Because so, they're all owned uh, by the crown. You know? Do you know how uh, building codes became enacted? Back when government yeah, was, you know, more way. legitimate, what the building codes were was, okay, we're going to use public fill funds to build a public building, and we don't want it to, uh, you know, fall apart in five years. So they began to enact building codes. They're for they're for public buildings. They're not for private property. Yeah, well, it's the same thing they did. They, this is how they trick people, like with the driver's license, just a kind of a thing. People started wanting insurance because they didn't want to be liable. They, they wanted a surety, right? So yeah. the insurance company says, well, if you go get a driver's license, we'll give you a really big break on insurance. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, people say, well, police departments have this, this, and this. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who governs police department policy, insurance companies. Because they're like, look, we're not going to insure you if you if you chase somebody at 120 miles an hour and they didn't kill somebody. So what do they do? They stop the pursuit policies. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing how, like what JC was saying earlier, the banks run stuff, but they're outside of it. There's a very great video of Alan Greenspan saying that no government has the authority to undo anything the Federal Reserve Bank does. They are yeah. private companies. Yeah. Eight, the Federal Reserve is made up of eight private banks. Yep. yep. So no, it's like, so, uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, when I went to federal court on my deal, when I walked up to the door, the marshal would always ask me, do you have a federal ID? And, you know, before I uh, just quit using one, I handed him a driver's license once, and he went, oh, okay, very good. Because it's all capital letters across the capital state, right? It's, yeah. Dude, there there are no there. It, it, it's all federal. Yeah. It's all owned by the crown. It's the same. It's all the same. They just hide it yeah. under subsidiaries, did, under subsidiaries by subsidiaries. Yeah. Well, you know, you know how everybody says, you know how everybody says, oh well, he can't do this and write me a ticket on the side of the road, and and uh, you know they're having court on the side of the road. You're not having court. You're having an administrative hearing. You, the guy, when he pulls you over, he says, "He says, hey, 
You got a driver's license? Yeah. No, you were going a little fast, don't you? Well, I'm late for work. Okay, there's admission of guilt. Now he's got an ID that says, oh, you belong to us. You're supposed to follow this rule book, the, the code book that they give you, driver's handbook, sorry, just like Walmart employee's handbook, driver's handbook. Yep. You're responsible for all those codes. And he says, oh, under section 11123.this, you're that now. He arrested you, right? He stopped you on the side of the road. He arrested you, okay? Did you know that a driver's license is considered a bond? So when you give him the yeah, driver's exactly. license, you're, you're bonded now, okay? And so then he releases you under your own recognizance because when you sign mm-hmm. the ticket, the ticket's a promise to appear in a court. Yeah. Well, you know what else you sign when you sign it? What's that? Almost every state says this. He'll say, hey, signing this is not an admission to guilt. just says you agree to pay uh, to show up at court or pay the fine. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, okay. Then they sign it, and it says, right when you sign it, it says, offender's signature. So you just admitted to being an offender. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, here's, and here's one more thing, JC, and I'll let you have. And the other thing is, guys, everybody needs to know this. A ticket is a derivative. They're using these yeah. trades so they can borrow monies against them. Yeah. That's what revenue is. Um, yeah, go ahead, JC. We'll, we'll, we should all try not to interrupt each other. Go ahead, JC. Sorry. Well, well I was going to add something back about your policies, like policies uh, insurance company govern the policies of the police department. Yep. I'm sure everyone who's taken a fair amount of time to study law They've all heard the term statute at large, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what what do you believe a statute at large is? It's a really big statute. (laughs) It's a huge statute. A statute statute that got away? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) It's 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 like like military standing orders. Uh, no, not really. It's it's kind of closer to a statue that got away, okay? But, okay. yeah, like, whenever I'm explaining this to people, I'm like, well, what is, what is a dog at large or a criminal at large? It's an uncontrolled statue, okay? So okay, that's statues cool. statues are bonded by insurance companies for the state, and... Uh, statutes at large are not bonded because the insurance company will not be a liability. Wow. So it's a risky yeah. thing for them to try and get you on that if you knew what you were doing. What, if what you knew on. what you were doing, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, nothing could be enforceable because it's not insured. If it's not insured, it's unlawful. Yeah. Just the fact that it's not insured means it's unlawful. Yeah. And see and see this this the whole like the whole lesson plan tonight, like a lot of people or maybe some people are like, What does the Bible why do we have to listen to the Bible? What or what does the Bible have to do? Well here's the thing. If you're choosing it really is the mark of the beast is just a system of worship. That's all it is. Like God's seal is a system of worship, and it's God's own ordinances, statutes, and commandments. Well, if you're subject to this jurisdiction, then you're not in – if you're in the United States kingdom, you are not in the kingdom of heaven. You can't serve two masters. 
That's all there is to it. That's what the Bible says. That's not me saying that. Because, guys, man, I struggle making bill money because I don't deal with that side. And uh, I could, if I wished, I would make more money dealing with that side of the fence than I do now. But I'm not willing to sacrifice what I believe for the love of mammon. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, I mean, I'm 99% sure I won't. I'm a, I'm a man, so I could I could easily make a mistake or get weak. But I'm 99% sure I'm just not going to do it. I've already been tested. I'm not I'm not going to do that. So it's just a system. So if you're getting driver's license and social security numbers and birth certificates and bank accounts and this and that, that leads to the RFID chip that you're not going to be able to buy or sell, at least you have it. But you can't, you know, how can you get a, can you get a bank account? Without a social, very, very, very rarely, and it's very difficult, and it's only certain circumstances. And I dare say that Brian could tell you guys better than I could what those circumstances would be because he's very knowledgeable. Um, Brian's a really knowledgeable guy. He went to seminary and great Bible guy, and he's very knowledgeable on codes and statutes and, and law and stuff like that. Um, very good friend of ours. So, And I'll tell but, yeah, you, I'll I mean, tell you what – let me say something real quick. My experience with that, I haven't had an account for 16 years. Yeah. Yep. I haven't had one in like three. And it was just, um, you know, I'm not going to fight it. Unless, you know, to me it was God was saying, you know, you don't need it. I went in and had, I went into a bank in Tennessee, at Tennessee, anyway, uh, and the girl, and the, the, the head cashier, I said, I said, I want to get, this is kind of the beginning of some stuff for me. I said, I'd like to get an account. They give me the application. I put zeros for the social security number. She said, we have to have a social security number. I said, I said, why? She said, well, we just have to have one. I said, well, a lot of people don't have or use social security numbers. She said, well, really? And I said, I said, yeah. I said, uh, Amish don't have them. A lot of Mennonites don't have them. And uh, this girl, she was this tall gal. She had long, straight black hair. And she goes, you know what? She goes, my grandmother, now this will give you a real good idea. She said, my grandmother is on the tribal council in Cherokee, North Carolina, the Cherokee Nation. So she's a government head in a foreign nation, her grandmother. She's full-blooded Cherokee. And they always tell us that we don't need driver's licenses and we don't need anything else. All we need is our tribal ID card. Oh, self-governing, huh? You know that Cherokee have their own written language as well as their own spoken language? Yep. I mean, different characters. So anyway... This girl now is going to bat for me, and she's the head cashier of the thing. I get a letter back from the legal department. We won't do this, blah, 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 blah. Now, they could say this, literally, and I don't remember the letter. I've got it somewhere. But they could say, in the United States, you cannot have a, a uh, bank account without a uh, social security number. Okay. So now if they say that, and I say, well, I was in Tennessee, but am I in Tennessee if I'm in a bank? 
Banks are all controlled under Title 12, which is federal law. Nope, they're all in the United States. That's why the FBI has its jurisdiction. When it comes to a bank, I don't care what town it's at. There you go. It banks, but not necessarily a, a, a man or a woman. Right, right, right. Yeah, the passage up there is Yeah, they what? they basically hold the front door. <laughs> like, don't let anybody in the door, man. That's it. But they're not supposed to go in and start investigating anything. And it's the same thing. Like if you if you read a, a district court, it'll be United States District Court for Eastern Tennessee at Greenville. It's not. Yeah. They, they're very they're yeah. very careful about the words they use. Yeah. They're saying it's a federal court. And in court fact, when police officers go to federal court to testify, they have to check their firearm. They can't take their firearm inside. Yep. Which so that's one thing that's a little weird because banks, like you can carry a gun in the bank unless it's otherwise posted. Yeah. Even though it's federal jurisdiction. And that's kind of weird. Well, it's really interesting now. There, there's. I'm at a fairgrounds, right? There's a big event going on here this Hi. weekend. How are you? And, what's that? I think it's somebody being silly. Okay, Just go ahead. there's a fairgrounds here. So I'm riding around, and there's a uh, notice out there, uh, Ohio law, uh, such and such, you cannot carry, you know, any person who conveys or attempts to convey a weapon into these premises, right? You know, it's all legalese. But they're saying, even if you have a license, you can't carry it into there. And I'm like, this is a fairgrounds building. It's the main fairgrounds building. You know how many fairgrounds have gun shows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, you know, and then they got this posted on the main entry. And I'm like, that's very interesting. It's like at any time at any gun show, they could just sweep in and grab everything and everybody. And uh, and Donaldson, like another thing to think about, the social security number is a banking number. I mean, that's kind of the whole point. And when you use it, you're. I mean, that's why they say, you know, if you're in the United States, you have to have a social security number. And that's exactly why. Um, and then. Uh, and that's why it's you know you have to go through certain certain channels, and uh, you're foreign because you know foreign countries they have bank accounts here, um, so I'm sure there's ways to do it through the church because I know Brother Gregory and them do it somehow, but I don't. That's one part I don't know yet. Do you, do you happen to know how he does that, Brian? Well, you know, like in Tennessee and all the lo- little local churches. When you go in, they have they have a church covenant that's printed out and put on the walls. You know, uh, let me let me go through something real quick. You know what it takes to become a partnership? You and I say, "Hey, man, we're partners." If I have and if I have anything specific, like even a business card that has both our, both our names on it, I could walk into a bank and get a line of credit against you. And then I could empty it out. I mean, partnerships are the worst thing in the world. But basically, that's all it is. I mean, you write up a church covenant, 
and, you know, people sign on to it and you have your officers, it's just like it is self-government. And you go into a bank and you open an account for a church and they're going to say, are you a 501c3? And you're going to say, no, we're not a 501c3. We're a 508. We're a true church. You don't have to have that status. And you can open a bank. But they will give you a hard time all the time. The church that I was, local church I was going to, I found out later on that that pastor went down there and uh, fought with the uh, the county assessor. And finally, it, it came off the rolls, the tax rolls. Both the church, the parsonage, and the youth camp that was there. They, they're going to fight you every ounce of the way. You have to go in. You can't be... You can't be um, belligerent. Here. You can be firm, but uh, you know a lot of it's going to be how you carry yourself. But see, here's the thing to think about, and you know this is kind of what we've been talking about. Why does a church need a bank account? I mean, there's these things they call safes and yeah. paper, and yeah. you can donate to the church, and then they can write it down and put it in the safe, and there you go. I mean. Here's the, I mean, a lot of it's like, do you need a driver's license to travel? No. Do you need a bank account to have money? No. Uh, I mean, it's this. what if you just ignored it? What if you just didn't care? Like, what if you didn't use it? What if you just got with a bunch of your buddies, got in church, and then you guys started tithing to the church so that when one of your buddies got in trouble, they could just go to... The only, the the only thing, of the church and pull the money out and help yeah. your brother. I mean, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's ridiculous and, and how we think. And hey, 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 hey. I, I think that God, God set it these, up in a way. I, I think God set it up in a way to protect us. I mean, like we've taught, had this conversation before, Sean, and they're very heavy on records, Gregory and them. And that's for your own protection. Oh, yeah. That's 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 you know hey hey something fishy's going on over the all these uh, white guys are meeting uh, you know every Saturday night or Wednesday and uh, we don't know what's going on in there <laughs> you know they'll raid the place and then it's like oh there's a safe they'll seize it you know and well, the thing is yeah, when you say to... hey look here we're a church and uh, you know you just took God's property. Yeah, I mean, that's like even here locally, um, one of our mutual friends, David, had that group, and, uh, you know, he lived down the street from me, and I would go down every once in a while and say hi to David, and some, I just found out the other day that for a time, they were watching me saying I was a part of a sovereign citizen movement because David and them would have meetings about the Constitution, and I wasn't even going to those meetings, but I mean... That's how I mean. That's how dangerous it is yep. to get lumped. Just, just like, oh, I went over to, I cleaned up dog poop in the yard for David while he was gone. Ah, sovereign and let's raid his house. It's like, good lord, you know. It's just look at that. But no, what you said about you know the God creating something to protect us. That's what the church is. The church is designed to be our government, and there are no rulers. They're just titular leaders. They're guys who just serve you. Like, a pastor's not your ruler. He's your servant. He brings, like, you know, technically, 
we're ministers, you know. I'm ministering to you. I'm administrating things to you. I'm telling you things. That doesn't mean I'm over you or better than you. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people in this phone are far better than I am as a person. But but it doesn't mean that the information is any less important. So, um, yeah, the church is designed to protect us so that we all come together and operate from within that society, and then we don't have to adhere to these rules, and we basically just set up our own deal. We can generate money just like they can. Yes, you can. And you know there are there are a lot of towns in America that have their own money that they print. Yep. There's, like Mexico, uh, New York. Is, are oh, they the ones Disney that have World. the hours? They've got, one of them, they call it hours. The, the yeah, exchange rate is an hour of labor for something. Disney World prints their own money. They That's right. Disney, Disney has it. And it's on a one-to-one, a one-to-one exchange rate with uh, the the dollar. You go in there, hey. and you can ask for change if you buy something in a shop. You can ask for Disney dollars back. Hey JC, isn't like Walmart and a bunch of other companies? They're getting ready to start their own cryptocurrencies too, aren't they? Yeah, uh, that's that's what I understand. You know why? But so, why they did? Corporation will on, Brian. cryptocurrency. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what we were reading when you sent me that video. That's what I thought I picked up on that. They were talking about all these different corporations getting ready to come out with it. But, I mean, there's all kinds of uh, companies around. I mean, you go to an arcade, and they have their own currency. They have tokens, and you trade in dollars for them. And the machines are actually set up to only use their stuff. I mean, guys, we don't have to use that system. We can use the system that the creator gave us, and then we don't have to be under that yoke. We don't have to have the mark of the beast. We just have the mark of God. Yeah, one thing that I'd like to bring to the attention of uh, church and commerce is that church has always been like a state the whole reason of the state to have a business is to have a body corporate. You know, it's a it's all about the commerce, as uh, some people were talking about before. And when you have the church, it's literally that form of government established by Jesus Christ and his followers. So you still have that commercial aspect that you can uh, follow and respect and that the United States government and the states that it's in compact with will absolutely follow and respect. And kind of like I believe Brian was talking about the woman from the Cherokee and how they they don't have to do any of those things like get Social Security numbers, have driver's license and do this and that. I'm sure they have to have some type of bonding to be able to drive their vehicle because it's technically – in another state, uh, so because the public roads weren't made for them, technically. Oh, <laughs> but let me let me, this, let me take something this, there when you get hey, done. Hey, just one second. Hold on, bro. This this is where the idea of the church comes in, and creating a church, and people can go to that church, and uh, you know, move with it and and move as a congregation and as one body under the idea of Christ and his teachings. Go ahead, Brian. 
Well, this is something that's just been on my mind for a while, right? So you, you go out. What were roads called? They were called rights of way. It's the right of way. The roads run along private property boundaries. It's a right of way because I had to be able to go past your place to get to mine. Okay? So that's the common right of way is the road. The roads are there for the people. It used to be that you paid taxes and stuff if you had commercial work because now you're using a public way for private gain, your own gain. So you pay a tax to use that road because you got a heavier truck, it does damage to the road, things like that. Well, my thoughts on this, you guys can kick it around. This is just the way I've thought for quite a few months. If I'm a man and I'm moving my property along the right-of-way and somebody over here runs into me, okay, and he's a corporate citizen, so he's an employee and he's a member of a corporation, right? Y'all there? Well, this person is. Yeah. So can a, can a corporation hurt a man? Who's liable there? Well, the man's liable. A corporation can't hurt you. Okay, like a, but he's fact, a corporate. But he's a corporate employee, and the corporation's saying he has to have insurance. Oh no, no corporation can say anything. Well, somebody should tell him he has to have it. Well, anyway, in fact, like I believe Donaldson on the last call was talking about corporations do not have like. Officers and corporations do not have the right to not incriminate the corporation. That's correct. That is correct. Yeah. That's yeah. why I was so yeah. ticked when, when Enron went down and they were saying this guy's got to come in and testify and everybody was saying he was going to plead the fifth and I was jumping up and down saying he's a corporate officer. He can't plead the fifth. Yeah, but he can plead the fifth if he was personally involved. Yeah. Yep. Like if it's incriminating him, not the company, if it's yeah. incriminating him. Because one of the things that I was talking about on the last episode when we were doing this was the fact that in the 2008 collapse, a lot of major uh, CEOs of very, very big banks went into civil courts and testified to the criminal actions of the bank to avoid criminal prosecution. So they got they got immunity from prosecution to go in and testify on the civil side of the bank against the bank's you know criminal activity. Hmm. So and that's, that's, that's how the system works. Yeah, because there was this case that I had going on where there was no way to present the case to a jury without involving the criminal activity. And, of course, nobody would be willing to testify to that criminal activity if they thought that they were going to get arrested. Okay, so <clears throat> that was like the gold mine of the research when I had certain things going on. And it was so funny because I kind of put it off till last because I thought it would be so hard to find. And then when I got down to the law library and I really started digging, digging into that one, one particular subject, about yeah. how to get immunity when you're testifying in a civil court. All of the statutes only apply to bankers. Oh, really? 
Yeah. So they I got their own CYA, don't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was hilarious, man. And uh, so, of course, all of the case law applies to them. But at the same time, the underlying principle, the underlying natural right principle is still there. So it gives well, evidence of that. Well, let, let's, let's assume something then, or let's kick it around. So if you're a member of a bank... <laughs> Right? If you had a if you had an account and you got mail for something, you could go in there and say and plead that immunity. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a traffic. Now I'm immune, dude. I'm a member of the bank. That's a commercial assessment, isn't it? No, no. I'll be immune and I'll testify to. <laughs> Dude, that would actually probably be pretty fun to do on something like tax evasion. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, there you go. You know what I'm saying? A 1099, well, I mean, you want to sign the form, Jonathan? Well, I mean, that's what they technically kind of do anyway. I mean, the other, well, I mean when you should, start getting up, they get political They get political immunities. Well, think, I mean, think, that's, that's what they're doing. Think, think about a couple things, right? Okay, so... On tax evasion, well, what did they get you on? Well, they gave you 1099s. A 1099 is a banking form. There's your account number and all. But I'm, I'm just something just kind of wrapped me in the mind anyway. Uh, so you fill out a tax form. What are you doing? You're giving testimony. You're, yeah, you're giving you're testimony, aren't you? And you get immunity and you pay your fine. What's like that? honestly, in a in a lot of ways, you're confessing against yourself. Like yeah, you, you are. You were not suspected of a crime. You weren't. You know, they weren't looking at you. They weren't auditing you. And you go and you fill out this confession form about you how much you made. Yeah. Hey, let me let me let me say this. This is <laughs> is. I mean, they're requested forms. It's like we everybody's like, oh, they make us pay taxes. They make us do this. Man, nobody from the government comes to your house and puts a gun to your head and says, go get anything. And that's the thing. People come in and they just, you know, they say these things blanket across the board. And it's like, dude, did you ever think that maybe you're the one that went in and caused the problem? And then you cause the problem and then you're like, well, you know, you can't do this. And then you start fighting them. And that's why they say you're an enemy of the bank. The Trade with the Enemy Act says you're an enemy of a bank, technically. Not the state. It's the bank you're an enemy of, and that's what it was written for. Yeah. And it was all about the bankruptcy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, the United States is in receivership, and that that can go on almost indefinitely. That's why they don't care about the debt. And here's the other little thing. I mean, technically, the people are the ones running up the debt, not the government. Because as long as you keep using the Federal Reserve, Reserve side of that dollar... That's where the that's where the taxes come in because they're charging they're charging you for using private money. Well, it's like it's using not, Walmart money or, or or Disney money. You're using somebody else's property. Yeah. Well, you know it it goes back to uh, when I went up there to Pennsylvania and heard all that stuff. You know, talking went to that seminar up there and what he was getting at. Basically, oh, I already Eric and, knew. Eric and Roy. Yeah, yeah. But see, yeah. the thing is, is like. The reason that we had all the financial crisis was Clinton brought in 
Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and they did these subprime loans, which means the people would go get a loan. People were, okay, biblically, people were covetous. I need a big house. I'm going to live beyond my means. I can go get money from them. There's the devil giving you the bait, right? I can go get money from them, and I don't have to pay anything but interest on it. And in two or three years, because this housing market's booming, this house I buy for $300,000, in three years it'll be worth $600,000, and I can refinance. And when I refinance, I'll have $300,000 in equity. I mean, now, people literally think this. And my brain's going, what kind of a scam is this? Money for nothing? You know, it's just not. And a chick. I'm looking at it reasonably. So... What happens, though, is what I learned from that seminar is that everything that goes through a bank, the only thing that stays in the bank, even digitally on the accounts, are cash and checks. Any kind of funding, any kind of promissory notes, credit card applications, which come, a credit card application comes on security paper. When you file a credit card application and you send it to a bank, and they and say you got a ten thousand dollar line of credit, and they say we're going to give it to you at twelve percent. That bank puts that on their books as a as a ten thousand uh, dollar certificate of deposit, paying twelve percent to the bank. They can turn around, they pass that on to the Federal Reserve, and they can fractionalize and get ninety thousand more credit out of it. But everything, well, now it's almost an infinite number. They change yeah, it after Yeah, because the, then they derivate it. They don't have to deposit it. It's called banking the round robin. They, you know, you can, I, I can go into that, but I'm not going uh-huh. to. But everything that comes hey. in. So all these mortgages got forwarded to the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve does two things with all these. What are they? They're promises to pay. They're the souls mm-hmm. of men. Yep. In Revelation, it says you pledge, the souls of men. You pledge you pledged yourself to be servant to this. So they're trading in the souls of men. What they do is they take all those uh, mortgages, they bond them together in big, big, big amounts, like $100 billion. Well, then they go on the securities market. So what they do is they use that as the security to float treasury bonds. So all these Europeans had bought all these bonds from the United States. And then... The minute that these people started defaulting on these loans, you know, the security's not paying. That's why it went all the way through Europe, because they're not paying out their notes in the banking structure in Europe. That's why you felt that whole shake around the world is because all these people over here were vouching, were, you know, welching on their on their debts. Well... So what happened? Obama came in and propped up the bank. What did you end up with next? Oh, well, guess what? Now, if you're a U.S. citizen, you have to have insurance. Eric Roberts, the chief justice, he comes in and he says, uh, in his decision on that, he says, well, it's not a tax. And Uh then later on in his decision, no, no, no. He says it's not a tax. And then later on in the same decision, he says it is a tax. Yeah. Okay. So he says so, it's a tax, and it is, uh, and it is uh, constitutional. 
Well, sure, it's constitutional, but it's a tax and it's not a tax. It's voluntary use. Somebody who wants to get that insurance, they can go buy it mm-hmm. if they're not a U.S. citizen. But for a U.S. citizen, it's mandatory and you have to pay the tax. Everybody got mad and he told the truth. It's yep. both. It depends on who, what your standing is. So anyway, everybody welches, and then they come in and say, "Well, we'll prop up the bank," and then they dump a new tax on you, and they and they and they just disguise it as health insurance. Yeah. And when that starts kicking in, people are going to lose their freaking minds because it's it's just starting. It's just getting started. It's just getting. Oh well, up. the devil the devil uses everything. So the bill, you know, I've got a copy on my computer of the first page of that when it was still just a bill. Says does not apply to non-resident aliens. Hmm. Um, um, there you go. Hey, I'd like to backtrack on something real quick. When we were talking about the 1099 and the other forms, I mean, now look, I know you hear a lot of stuff. There's only one way to become a U.S. citizen. That is to go into a court and swear an oath of allegiance to the United States and forsake all others. <laughs> that being said, so everybody who signs a tax form is committing perjury. I mean, it's just that simple. You're not, you're acting as a U.S. citizen. You're, you're well, getting they, the benefit of being, hold on, you're getting, hold on. You're, you're getting the benefit of being a surety for the debt of the United States and you're getting mortgages, which are debt pledges using the citizenry bank number. But look at, look at technically that's what you're doing. So now you're as guilty as they are. Yeah. So I mean, you're just you're just diving in the bowl of sin with them, and yeah. uh, and that's the problem. They're getting everybody on the hook. I mean, I know a guy that just asked him, like, "Hey, you know, you filed this, and this you filed this year, and you signed it, but you haven't filed since." And he said, "Well, I thought I was a U.S. citizen then, but I since learned that I wasn't." So yeah, no well, see, they got they got that covered. You know that's the that's the beginning of of uh, not the uh, United States Code but the Code of Federal Regulations, Title 26, Section. The very beginning of the book says, "Who's liable?" It says U.S. citizen and anyone who uh, volunteers under 871 uh, yep. B or 871 D. 871. You know, when I'm reading this stuff, I'm thinking, well, how does that apply? So one of them is anyone who volunteers. Well, that's what all these people do. Well, they make us pay. No, you volunteered when you went in and you grabbed the form and you pulled it out here and you signed it. I don't have a problem with that. If I did it and it was a mistake, well, I wasn't a U.S. I'm not a U.S. citizen. I wasn't then. I, I thought I was, but I've come to know that I wasn't. But you know what? I stupidly went ahead and volunteered, and that's for one year, isn't it? Was there yep, a problem with that one year? Did I do something wrong? Well, if I did, I guess I volunteered. I'll make it right, but. As far as yep. after that, I'm not volunteering no more. So they cover themselves. But the other one is anyone who's expatriating from the United States for tax purposes. And I thought, who in the world's going to be expatriating from the United States? Well, if you really get into the tax code and you read it, you know who's liable to pay taxes? Anyone who conducts a trade or business within the United States. Now. That sounds great. Oh, well, everybody thinks, well, I got a business. I'm doing business. I'm in the United States. But you got to go in and look up what the term means, what the trader yep. business within the United States means within the tax code. Does anybody and know? It means hold, holder of public office. Holder of public like office. 
That's right. Congressman That's why they, or a senator. Hey, they omit what is, they what omit is it on the form for liens. They actually it's 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 yeah, one yeah. six yeah. Two, is it six three three it's, one? It, it's not, it's not omitted. Omitted. It's not omitted on the lien form. It's omitted on the notice of lien form. And yeah, they print one about. side of it and they the the other side <laughs> says what has to be there for the lien to have power and effect and there's like six yep. things. Court order, it has to be signed by a judge, there has to be an information statement with it from a revenue officer. You know, there's like six I things. Have to go through the Secretary of State of that state. Yep. Because the state is born to the United States and the Secretary of State of each state is also the uh financial the guy who controls yep. commerce within the state. So they have to do it within that realm. None of that stuff is done. They just fax it from an IRS office to the local courthouse, and these people go, oh, and they put a lien on your property. <laughs> and it's and there's no lien. court. It's no court. It's a notice of a lien, and notice doesn't mean it. But now, if you're an employee, they don't have to do all that other stuff. That's right. It's your property. Yep. Hey, uh, Brian, we need to yeah. see if anybody – man, I love the fact you're on here. You're really smart. Um, but we probably need to give – I'm sure – I hope there's some other people that might have a question or have want something to say. Does anybody else have something they would like to add or a question they'd like to ask either JC, myself, or Brian maybe? Or Gus or anything? Yep. Yep. I'm enjoying the show. I'm really uh, – this is really – Good. Uh, the board's Me been too. pretty clean. The board's been pretty clean, except for a few people come on uh, making those noises. But I've only had to mute a couple people in the chat. It's, it's been great. People have been paying attention, and uh, just keep going. Uh, hey, does I just wanted have to. A I wanted to. I just wanted to make a statement about something you said earlier, Shaman. And you said guns guns aren't allowed in banks, but. Um, no, they are allowed in banks, but they're not allowed in schools. Very interesting. Wait, for me, Protect- or can you please hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Jim. Hey. <laughs> oh, Al, Al, sorry. Sorry, Al, go ahead, Al. <laughs> I wanted to interject on all kinds of stuff. But anyway, well, you, just, you guys just go ahead, man. Yeah, go ahead. For these banks to these chartered banks to operate, they have to operate within the Banking Act uh, down down your way in, and same up here. And down there, you've got a non-bearing interest checking account or a non-interest bearing checking account, <clears throat> which you don't need a social insurance for. And I mean, if you if you wish to have a bank account, the best way is to start calling these guys out on it and and go in with your witnesses, you know, and play the nice guy, and go in, try and get one going, record it, film it, whatever, and when they refuse you, that's when you take their ass to court and sue them for their charter. Up here, they got what they call a private person account, and it's the same thing. These guys cannot be chartered unless they operate within the Bank Act, and they have to offer these non-commercial accounts to get their frickin' charter to operate. So there are ways to do it, and I think I think it takes a team effort to get this happening. But I think it's it's well worth it. I was talking to a guy the other day about it, and I uh, I'm just helping him out with some issues with the uh, income tax. But I think what, 
we're going to team up and, and start pulling. Yeah, when I started my first, all I did was sign. Would you shut up, Donaldson? All I all I did was sign. I signed, and they went by your signature. This story. Uh, You're in Canada. I mean, these guys, these guys, these guys went on from subject to subject to subject without interluding for any kind of questions. And it's like, hey. Hang on a second. I want to talk about this. <laughs> but I want hey, to hey, sure hey uh, Al, can I ask you a question? Uh, just sure. to make sure I under- yeah, just so I make sure I understood you. So you're saying if we go down and get a non-interest uh, non- bank account, we don't have to use a social. It's a yeah. non-interest checking account. And actually, if you want, I'll send you. Up. There was this retired judge down in Texas that was uh, dealing with the bank there, and I got all his. He was writing back and forth to the banker, and yeah. he was just fucking with the guy, right? But I've got, I, you know, I can send you a copy of uh, all his. Yeah, would you do that? Stuff. Send that. Would you send that to Gus, yeah. and he can just get it to both of us? Yeah, that, you know, it was too much fun. But uh, I was studying this yeah, stuff awesome. years ago. Up here. Thank you. Oh my gosh! I wish that guy was in front of me right now. It's like such a test, dude. <laughs> no, I mean, really, I would just love to grab that hey, guy. Hey, let's just oh, talk about I want to finish backtracking here on what you guys are talking about. I, I'd like to go back to that. Look, any time that you, you register, I don't care if it's a church, a corporation, a proprietorship, or whatever, that's the same thing as a marriage certificate. You're marrying the state, you know? and right. like, And that's why... Like most of these churches, well, pretty much all the churches are are corporate churches. Well, there's, the- there's a difference there. In in see, in in the U.S. code, which is what I'm saying, not that I'm going by, but what they recognize, they, the 501c3 of Title 26 is when you go in and you say, "I want 501c3 status." That means you're a non um, non income, you know. Uh, thing what what you're being recognized is when they do that when a church goes in and their officers go in and they sign up for a 501c3 status they cease to become a church in the eyes of the state they are now yeah. a non they're they're now well, a non uh, what's the word I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, Ryan, what? that's what it, that's what that's what I was saying yeah he's agreeing he's agreeing yeah, well, well, he earlier, said, well no he's he said if you register, and I'm saying you don't have to register, but in, in the code in, in the U.S., Title five and 508, it actually right. says that a a true church, that's the words they use, a true church is actually ex, uh, accepted from the law. doesn't use exempt. Exempted, yeah. It's It's outside of the law. That's what they're saying. And when you have right. your own private stuff documented, you go in there and say that, that's just like saying I'm a private person. I don't want I don't want a a uh, interest bearing account. The interest bearing account yeah. is that lawful is lawful money stuff that uh David Merrill was yeah. doing. Hey uh go ahead. Uh not being rude, Brian, but go ahead, Al. Uh uh yeah, I mean, which, whichever way, you know, you wish to play it, uh, which is fine. I I don't see why a church needs, really, a bank account, <laughs> actually. But uh, but 
put up here, and I've seen this happen with, in my generation, where if a, a church did not pull the political will, like uh, to recognize gay marriage or whatever the politics were at the time, that the government would go and pull their nonprofit status on them. That's true. And attack them, and attack them with the income tax guys. Yeah. You know. So I mean, I can have a private company. I, I'm a private contractor. I can I can do whatever I wish in the private, and I can make a deal with you, and you can make a deal with me, and it's nobody's goddamn business. That's right. So why the hell can't I have a church? You know? Right. Well, exactly. right. I'm, saying, exactly. I'm saying just what I was saying earlier in the conversation was the fact that you have your own documentation. You know, that's your, your church records. When that stuff, you get your own church seal, you set it up, you're, you're your own government. Well, when you seal your own documents and, and you have it, I went to a guy that was so far ahead of everybody that right. he literally set himself up as his own kingdom. This guy went and did federal time. I spent a weekend with him. I paid to go talk to this guy. And I gleaned so much stuff from him, but he was like, this guy was already working at getting into the UN and signing on for paper gold. That's how far yeah. ahead he was. I have no desire to do that. You know, I'm not going what? that route, but I what? learned some stuff what? from him. What was he in federal prison for? Uh, for Kenya. I, I'm not going to go into all that, but he was doing okay. stupid stuff. All this stuff everybody's doing, um, you know, accepting stuff for value. They were doing uh, bonds, private bonds oh, and I stuff. Know. He did all that actually. stuff. And that was some of the stuff he went so, down for. Yeah. But go somebody ahead. somebody helped him in the federal judiciary. When he was in prison, they were they were giving him information. They were giving him information on international law. But uh, now, now the uh, the other thing I just want to touch base on, and going back again, another step was like I see more social insurance. Oops, sorry, that's my phone. I, I see more social insurance numbers and birth certificates and stuff. I don't. I see them more of a symptom of of the the sign of the beast, not the sign of the beast no. itself. Because I truly yeah. believe, okay, when when you're born again, okay, your old man is slain. And your new man is wed one with Christ, okay? Yep. And that is your life force. Now, now, if you, if you look at old uh, at old Hebrew law and stuff, you'll find out that you can disown a son at any time. You know, if the guy's a rabble rouser or whatever, and he's dishonoring your family. But when you yeah. adopt, they were supposed to kill him. Uh, you adopt uh, somebody into your family by their laws. You cannot ever disown them, okay? I was this is why I believe once saved always saved, and and so when I look at my new man wed one with Christ one with God all right so yeah. so so the Lord is is my friend he's my brother he's my mentor he's my Lord all right I am one with him because he's the Son of Man he came to to save me he knocked on my door and I answered the call I didn't go looking for him I wouldn't have gone looking for him uh, on my own. Never. He came to me and knocked, gently knocked on my door, and I opened it in, opened the door, and invited him into my life. So I have a new man, and I'm a three-part being. You know, I have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Okay, a spirit being Watch my life. Watch my little pony. That's right. What you're going to do? I believe. <laughs> I truly believe. <laughs> Fuck. 
but I truly believe that that sign of the beast is is in your mind, and 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 I believe the right hand and the head symbolizes the power. You know, I believe in the power of my right hand, and I can do anything. You know, and I believe that is the sign of the beast, and and mm-hmm. my mind, and and how so I you, can. So uh, you agree with me, Al? Right? Yes, I do. You know, and yeah, that was, it, it, yep. it, to me, it, to me, as the conversation went on, I kind of went off to you know just these symbols. And I said, no, that's, that's just if that's just the way of the society to which we live. That doesn't mean that I've sold out. And to me, I, I, I look, I look at all that stuff as a benefit, right? If I wish to use my birth certificate, I'll use it. If I don't wish to use it, I don't use it. The reason that slavery or involuntary servitude is outlawed in all its forms is because the government serves us. We don't serve the government. If I wish to be a citizen or a government employee, yeah, of course they serve the government, right? That's what they're paying me for. But that's not my wish. And I'm helping the guy in court right now on that exact matter. And we're calling these guys out on this. In fact, I called I called the prosecutor out myself you know, about slavery, and I, I looked at Gates, and Mr. Gates, and I said, why is slavery not outlawed in all this land that one man can force another man to, to, to partake in? We don't need no stinking badges, man. Just take me to... Well, the interesting thing is that hey, Al, in, involuntary servitude, right, like, they volunteer to serve, but you've never done that, and there's no record of it, so that's pretty awesome, you know? It's basically a, a 13th Amendment... Donald, and you're building, you're building your place or whatever. I can volunteer to serve you today. I'm talking about police and everybody that steps into office. They're volunteering. Well, yeah. here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. They didn't volunteer to serve you. They did hey. that for themselves. They're serving the company. They're not serving you. Hey, Al. Al, you got a pen and paper? If you've got a pen and paper, can you look up can you look up um Luke twenty two, twenty five and twenty six? Twenty four, twenty five and twenty six. One real quick thing about this church. Now hey, quick, dude, you're you interrupting. To, before you get to the Luke, Luke, Luke I believe twenty five six. him. Alex, Luke chapter twenty two, verses twenty five and twenty six. Okay. And and if you don't mind, I'll send you a couple of uh, things I think you might find of interest. Just when you get the chance. Okay. I'd like to say one thing. The, uh, the benefit of a church being able to have access to a bank account is that, say that you're up there, Al, and your church, say you, you're in a church and there's six people, two people, whatever. And say there's, we've got five or ten down here in different places. And what if, uh, you know, you have a, a forest fire that rolls through there and destroys somebody's house. The benefit is that every church can send you money that you can have tomorrow. Yeah. Stuff like that. You know, that's that's where the church can reach out and and help now, you know. 
when uh, Gatlinburg burned, I had five friends that lost their houses and everything. I mean, great. You know. Yeah, that was pretty devastating to a lot of people, actually. Oh. Wow. Hey, Al, the idea... And they said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But you shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, he that is chief, and he that does serve. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. See, what I would be saying with that, and and I'll share several things. It's a lot longer than a two-minute conversation. But that B system, the legal system, that Babylonian system, if you start getting benefits from it, like if, you, if you're if you tying yourself to it, like if you say, okay, I'm a U.S. citizen, like that guy, I don't remember if you were on the call or not. Remember the gentleman that called in and said, uh, you know, he just got off the plane and he used the passport so he could go overseas, but he doesn't want to use it here? Yeah, the United Texas. Yeah, nice guy, but... You know, it's, it's duplicitous, right? You're like, okay, Satan, I'm going to use you for five minutes. Oh, I'm back in God's kingdom. Oh, now I'm in Satan's kingdom. Oh, now I'm in God's kingdom. You know, yeah. the churches, you see what I'm saying? Now you're starting to ping pong and you're playing. You know, <clears throat> I wrestled with what you're saying for quite a while. And uh, when I was going to my last court case is when it really hit me right between the eyes of, Dude, pick a side. If you're going to be in that kingdom, be in that kingdom. If you're going to be in this kingdom, be in this kingdom. But you can't have it both. You either are going to benefit from Satan's kingdom, or you're going to trust your father to provide all your needs according to his riches and glory in his kingdom. Um, but you know, That was just also, my take on it. I also believe that the Lord blessed me on this common law land, uh, for this exact reason that I can, I, I, I have the freedom to choose and, and I'm very thankful for it. Um, mm-hmm. so I like, you know, okay, so here I am a husband and a father, right. And, and those are some of my persons and I benefit from that. And so like, am I, am I just say to my wife, well, I, I can't act as your husband because, uh, you know, then I'm not serving the Lord. You know, I, I, well, just, I mean, just not, don't you think I that mean, God's like, going to provide? Oh, but the, the Lord does provide. Like, I got an SIN number. I don't use it. I haven't used it in years. But, I mean, uh, I've got a driver's license and stuff, but I use them as a benefit when I, when I feel I need. I, it's not that I'm serving uh, the corporate body politic. You know, I'm allowing it to serve me for my needs, and and I just I just can't see I just can't see God being all mad at me because I because uh, I asked the cop. You know, when the cop asked me for a driver's license, and I said, "Well, I don't have one." I do this all the time, by the way. I say, "I don't have one." He goes, "What?" I says, "Oh, but I do possess a, a provincial driver's license. Would you like to see that one?" <laughs> right. You know, and just because I possess such a thing for for the ease of passing through the public, I, I just don't see a problem with it. Could I give you an I'm example not... of could I give you an example of a, a perspective on that? Okay. Lot was a godly man, right? Absolutely. 
and he wanted to use he wanted to use that commercial system, okay, to benefit from it in trade. So he moved to Sodom and Gomorrah. That's right. And Sodom, yeah. so he goes to Sodom and he's using the benefits of that of that system, and it's really the Babylonian system, uh, just incorporated yeah. commercial. That's all it is. And um, God hated it and then yeah. destroyed it, and he had to leave everything he gained from that system behind, and God was so harsh that when his wife even looked back in fondness of what they had left in the city, he destroyed her. So okay. what I'm saying is, right. is when we play in the devil's yard, it's too easy to end up in the house. Hey, can I throw that back at you now? Sure. Will you allow me to do that? Okay, oh, yeah, God said to Abraham that he was going to go and get rid of these cities because of, you know, all the evil, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Abraham says, well, look, man, and here's a man of heart. I love that guy. He says, well, yeah, you know, not. what if there's, you know, so many, so many righteous men, would you still destroy the city? And he says, no. And then Abraham got thinking, oh, shit, I don't think there's that many righteous guys in there. And, <laughs> and so he negotiated, okay? Mm-hmm. He did. Yep. He did. A he jewed him down. He negotiated with the Lord, and he says, "Well, okay, when it comes down to one righteous man." And so, even though Lot was in the system, using the system, he was uh-huh. still considered a righteous man in God's eyes uh-huh. because he didn't uh, go into the fornication and so on and so on, what they were pulling off there. And so, God well, did send His angels to go and save Lot. Uh-huh. And that save him, so but save him from what? From the destruction. Save of the him. City. No, save him from the destruction of the city, not from God destroying it. He was pulling Lot out. Do you remember so when they it. were dividing up? Do you remember when they were dividing up land, and and him that. and Abraham walked up on that ridge, and he said, "Hey, you know, we've got all." Don't our, take this shit seriously. Up. It's just an opinion. Um. Remember when he took them up on the ridge there and they were looking out over the land and Lot picked the best land for his sheep and, and animals? Yeah. And he, he looked at the fields because they were, he looked at the fields because they were well watered. He was thinking, I right. can feed my stock down there, but where did yep. he end up? Yep. So here's the thing about it. What I'm saying, Al, is God was not, just because Lot went there doesn't mean God was okay with it. And, God, he does consider, I mean, I don't know how much he considered him a righteous man since he said, he told Abraham, if there's a righteous man in the city, I won't destroy it. And since God's not a liar, he destroyed the city. Now, let me, so, let me, so, can I correct on, this? Hold on, hold on. So Lot leaves because God doesn't want him in the city because he's going to destroy the city because it's evil. So I'm just saying yeah. is, is and he, and he had to give it all back. He had to he had to leave everything he gained from it that he saw as a benefit behind. And he lost oh, everything Solomon. that he took down with him. And and Solomon. you know what? Oh yeah, hold on, JC. Hey, I hate to interrupt, but I gotta get up pretty early in the morning, take Malcolm to church, and I got a pretty full day tomorrow because it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, and and you're connected through my phone, so. Yeah, I can't. For right. some reason, my name. 
Uh, hey, Shaman, I can call you up and add you to the call if you want. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want to keep going. It, well, if you want hey, to stay you know, on. Well, what time hey, is it? We're two hey, hours you know, into it. Earlier, what? I was thinking if anybody here kicked in five bucks, we could get you a new phone, buddy. No, it's not that. I joined Pop and I keep golly. I, I joined Pop and I can't. I forgot about the pen, and now it won't let me on without that pen, and I can't remember what pen I chose. <laughs> so I've got to go find where I wrote that pen number down, and then it'll be fine. Um, actually, um, this is a great this is a great thing to pick up on the next call, Al, um, and we can converse before the next show. Uh, we have been on quite a while. But I think, Brian, you want to just say one more thing there? Yeah, I, I wanted to kind of – there's something important that's, that everybody's missing is Abraham ends up saying, would you not destroy it for 10? That's the final number. And God says, I won't destroy it for 10. Mm-hmm. Abraham's oh, thinking, well, no, no, no. He's, so okay. Abraham's thinking in his mind, he's thinking, okay, well, lots – He's thinking, Lot's a righteous guy. He's got a wife. He's got kids. Hopefully, he's got six converts in the town, right? That's what he's right. thinking. But the thing is, <laughs> yeah. is when they get there, there's not. So the angels are taking him out. Now, he was going to destroy not just Sodom and Gomorrah. It's five cities, the cities on the plain. It was yeah. Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboam, and a little town called Zoar. And when they're fleeing, now God works all things for good, right? For He knows who's his, right? He knows where the righteous people are. Forgive me for happens. interrupting. I apologize for interrupting. Um, um, do you believe this to be true? Yeah. Let me, okay. me kind of finish okay. here. So he says, so when the angels are taking him out, and they were so bad in, in Sodom that even after the angels smote these, uh, smote these guys with blindness, it says they still were groping for the door because they wanted who are these guys you run into the angels but anyway, when they take them out she looks back, they lose one and Lot says I can't make it out of the plane up here, he says can I just go over here to Zoar, Zoar means little it's just a little place, can I go over here well they take him over there so why didn't God destroy Zoar Oh, you got me on that one. I don't know. Because, because by the time his, Lot... I, I had actually forgotten about that. Lot and his two Lot, daughters, just, when they got in there, it made ten righteous people in Zoar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's an obvious answer. Well, All right, I guess okay. uh, Gus and JC were wanting to shut the call down. Um, okay. So, okay, yeah, we'll have to pick like it up bring next week. Okay, you want? I'd love to bring else up but uh yeah i know we'll let jc go no it's just that you guys you guys kept making me think of uh these guys kept making me think of uh you know the jeez, oh, what was you know the the rich man's son not the rich man uh the man's son he had two sons and, and one son. son world and god is the prodigal son yes yeah and uh you know and i can never get that story out of my heart because his father stood on the hill every day looking for his son to return. 
And and even though his son went in and went into the ways of the world and everything else, when he did come home, right, his son was there with a cloak and a ring for him yep. and a celebration. So he was never son, disowned. Yeah, but the son's attitude was changed, wasn't it? The son came back with the, the heart of a servant. Are not the servants yeah. better? I, I, won't, I won't even be a son. I'll just treat me like a servant, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing of it is, is like, God never forsakes you, but you can forsake God and shipwreck your faith. I mean, you think about Revelations 22, 18, and 19. It says, if you take out any of the words of the book of this prophecy, I'll take your name out of the, of the book of life. I mean, you can't get your name in the book of life unless you're saved. And if he takes your name out of it, it means you're no longer saved. So, I mean, there's tons of verses in the Bible that talk about shipwrecking your faith, like the Hebrews chapter 6. I, um, I can there's tons of stuff like that. It. But, yeah, but, no, when because when, you're, when your spirit is led one with Christ and a new man is made, like the old, okay, uh, what's his name and his old lady there that lied to the Holy Spirit in the New Testament? And the Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah, there's, there's a good example. There's a good example of your name being blotted in the book of life. You'll be fucking dropping dead real quick. Well, maybe you'll you be not. slain by the Spirit. Yeah. If a man is yeah, saved, right. oh, hey, slain. Uh, they didn't get Gus, up again. I think Gus is going to end the call, guys. Sorry, I can hear yeah, okay. saying stuff. Well, no, it's uh, Shaman can only stay on if JC's on. JC's really got to go. And uh, we are, we're two hours and 16 minutes into this. So you guys have a great night. Gus, um, we'll, Gus forgive me for yeah. interrupting. Um, does, uh, if anybody wishes to continue, I can, I can continue uh, on my call if you wish. What's um, your call? Um, um, 14230. Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. I think my name's Mike. Yeah. I'm not sure. Hold on. One four two. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. One four two three zero six. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot. Oh my god. After all these weeks. All right. Anyway. All right. Sorry, guys. All right. Uh, I will uh, start it up. All right, well, guys, thanks for coming out tonight. Yeah, thanks for coming out tonight. You got the Disco Waffle. Memorial Day weekend with us. And uh, if anybody has a topic or a subject that they would really like to see on a Wednesday night show, uh, just email that to Gus, and we will definitely think about putting something together for that. All right. Sorry, I got dropped from the call. Uh, you guys have a good night. We'll catch up with you guys soon. Uh, thanks, Jason. All right, guys. Have a good thanks, night. John. Thanks for coming good night, out. Everybody. All right. Have a good night. All right, bye. Thanks, Ron. All right, take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.